This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast after a really tough. Jet 16-12 loss to the Raiders. That is one that will have enormous playoff repercussions for them. We were just here a couple of weeks ago, and the Jets had somehow been gifted that game by the Giants. And I'm going to back up a little bit. There's no question that the Jets have a lot of talent on defense. Nobody can dispute that. But they are not a great defense, and they don't play great. They can be dominant at times but they make too many mistakes. They commit too many stupid penalties. And I can go back and I can go back to the Bills loss to the Jets and see the pass that Allen should never have thrown. If I take that pass away from him, if I take that one pass away from Hurts in the Eagle game, and if the Giants just don't do some ridiculous things, including uh, with the field goals and decisions by the coach, the Jets would have three more losses. They were lucky to be in the position they were in. And then they were sitting where they could take command against the Chargers and the Raiders. That was two weeks ago. They were coming off a win, a miracle win, after a deplorable offensive performance against the Giants. But they won the game, so no one cares, okay? You move on. In the NFL, you get a win, you move on. The bottom line is they were in a tremendous position as far as the playoffs were concerned if they could take care of business against two teams they should beat. The Chargers, forget it. They couldn't do anything right. They lose the game going away. And then tonight, they lose to an interim coach. Now, a player I've always liked, I respected, I knew him very well when he was here. He's a good player. He was a tough guy. He's a tough-minded guy. I think he knows what he's doing. Okay, the bottom line is I don't think he knows how to impose a will on a team and on a game. And that's what good players do. That's what good coaches do. And he is an interim coach. You have a green quarterback. It was a good matchup for the Jets. And what happens? They lose that game. And early in the game, the the Jets were in command of this game. They should have had a big lead, but they didn't because they can't close anything on offense. And the bottom line is, early in the game, the Raiders with Jacobs could not run the ball an inch. They were getting nothing. At the half, Jacobs had a rally to just have 30 yards rushing at the half. You know what he had in the second half? 86 yards rushing. And I'll tell you this, if he didn't fumble that ball, when they were in terrific field goal range and maybe going to drive it for another touchdown. They had taken control of the game at that point with their running game. If they, if he had not fumbled that ball, and I'm not even sure he didn't get a bad break because you really couldn't tell in the scrum and in, in that whole uh, you know, group of humanity whether or not he got a good break or a good play or a bad play because I don't even know if he fumbled, but it didn't matter. 
the Jets got the ball. And that kept them in the game. And it kept the uh, Raiders from either being up seven or more. If he didn't fumble there, I think they were going to take complete control of the game because they took control of the game in the second half with their running game. They imposed their will. They said, we're going to pound the ball at the Jets, and they kept pounding it. In the first half, they made some play to Adams, including an early play for 40 yards. The Jets made sure Adams wasn't going to get the ball a lot in the second half. They went to Jacobs. They told you, they told the, the, the uh, field reporter they were going to go to the running game. We're going to do it with the running game. We're going to do it with Jacobs. They did. He had 86 yards rushing in the second half and throwing a couple of pass plays. But the bottom line is he had 86 in the second half. That's a lot of rushing yards. In a game like this, that's that tight with their accurate field goal kicker who's also got a long leg. Now, the Jets, their kick has been automatic all year. The Raiders, they have a good field goal kicker. So you had a good battle of very accurate field goal kickers, and that's what it turned out to be. But the Raiders get the only touchdown of the game when, of course, Jacobs finally breaks one. And sooner or later, people know when you believe in the running game, when you believe in your running back who can get better with carry after carry, you keep banging on a rock until it breaks. It breaks. Now, he almost fumbled the ball out of bounds there, as we know. The bottom line is they make a play in the red zone. They get the play to the tight end. They get the touchdown. Now they get on the board. The Jets were driving. But then Wilson made the play that young quarterbacks make. They take the ball inside, and they can't account for everybody. Spillane made a terrific play on the ball. He really did. He did a terrific job, and really, he hit it at the right time, and he made a great interception. But the reason why you stay outside late is you can account for who's there. You can make it. It's going to my guy or it's going to nobody. Inside that is very delicate because there's always guys lurking in the lanes who you can't account for. And late middle is always a problem. Now, Lazard sat down. You want to get on him for maybe being a little lazy in how he sat down in the zone? Fine. But, you know, you might want to come more to the ball, be more aggressive there. But that was a terrific defensive play. They got the ball back. All right? The, I thought the Raiders made a, made a mistake on third down there by not making sure the Jets used their last time out. To me, that's an extra 30 seconds if you play it right. Jets didn't play it right because they screwed up their time. Their time management in the last minute was horrific. Go look at how much time between plays there. The Jets did a bad job. But give Wilson credit for one thing. Being chased to his left, he somehow makes that throw to the end zone. Now, that wasn't as close to a completion as you might have thought it was on the Hail Mary. But he made a hell of a pass there. And just to get it off going that way with somebody chasing you is a heck of a play. I have to give him credit for that. But here's the thing about Wilson. The bottom line is your quarterback has got to be able to get you in the end zone and be able to score points when the game is on the line. He doesn't have to be perfect. It's not that he can't make mistakes, but what he has to be able to do is drive the team on the line. That's how you win games. 
That's the difference between winning and losing in this league. And that's what he does not do. He does not command the game. He hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions. All right, he's had a lot of fumbles when he's been hit. He's lost the ball that way. A lot of young quarterbacks do that. It's a bad habit for some. They have to have a better feel in the pocket. That will come. But the bottom line is he threw a pick tonight where the defender made a really good play. You know, Lazard sat down in the zone. You know what? He was there. Maybe he was a little bit of a passive target. But the bottom line is Zach just didn't realize there was a threat lurking. And that's what happens when you go into the middle of the field. There are always guys that are waiting in passing lanes, which makes the middle very dangerous. If you stay outside, you can pretty much say it's going to be to my receiver or it's going to be an incomplete pass. It's not going to get picked off. A lot of quarterbacks like to stay outside, especially if they have the luxury of an arm that allows them to throw outside the numbers. But he didn't make a mistake by going inside. What he made a mistake was he did not understand where the clearance was, and he was the victim of a very good defensive play there by Spillane. Sometimes you have to credit the defender for just making a big play. When they got the ball back, they did have one timeout, which I thought that was a mistake on the part of the Raiders because I would have used up that last timeout even if I ran the ball the third time. I understand they're trying to win the game there, but you didn't want to leave that timeout because you used properly that timeout's an extra 30 seconds. But the Jets did a bad job. Squandered seconds they shouldn't have squandered. They, they also were very unsure when they called their timeout. They complained, but they didn't do a good job when they called it. They did not have a plan in place. Now... To give Wilson credit, he did make a really good play because he was being chased to his left and he was able to stop, keep the throw in bounds and make a throw that at least made it to the end zone. It wasn't as close to being completed as you might think because it is very difficult to complete those passes in a scrum in the end zone and they're not going to give you any help. You're not getting a flag there no matter what. They're not throwing flags on Hail Mary. So you, it's very hard to get a completion there. But he did do a good job at least getting the ball in the air and keeping it in bounds and putting it into the end zone as far as you know, giving his guys, especially Wilson, a chance to make a play. But the difference in this game tonight is the interim coach, in Antonio Pierce, knew what he wanted to do. He wanted in the second half to have his running game impose its will and his running back impose his will on the game. And that is what happened. If Jacobs hadn't fumbled, I think they were in complete control of the game there. That gave the Jets a break. But look at it. In the first half, Pierce had a rally right before the half to get to 30 yards in the first half. He couldn't get an inch. He had 10 carries for 30 yards. He had 86 yards rushing on the Jets in the second half. That's a big number against a team like the Jets' defense in a tight game. They gave up 148 yards rushing. That's unacceptable especially against a quarterback who was very limited, who's a young, green quarterback. You know, they shut Adams down in the second half. He had, he had a lot of plays in the first half, including a 41-yarder, but he didn't do anything in the second half. But Jacobs, who did have two fumbles, one went out of bounds, fortunately for him. Then the second one, he might have got a bad break. doesn't matter. The Jets got the ball. He imposed his will. The Jets cannot 
impose their will on opposing defenses. They couldn't score against the Giants. They got lucky. They couldn't score against the Chargers, and they were absolutely obliterated by the Charger pass rush. And again tonight, they can't get in the end zone. They cannot win games, and the Jets have squandered what was a good situation in the standings that they were in after the Giant game. Yes, the Giant game was a gift. Yes, they played deplorably offensively, but they got a gift, and in the NFL, when you get a gift, you take it. They played two teams in the Chargers and the Raiders that they're better than, but they lost to both of them, and they couldn't find the end zone. And they can't find the end zone all year. And they commit bad penalty after bad penalty, both offensively and defensively. When you make stupid plays, you lose games. Stupid players make stupid plays, and stupid plays lose games. And that's why the Jets can't win. And now they have the Dolphins, uh, the Bills and the Dolphins the next two weeks. So now you have two big teams sitting there, both of them with a chance to basically put the Jets away as far as the playoffs are concerned. So the Jets now are back to the wall. You can talk all you want about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won't matter even if he does make this miraculous comeback if the Jets don't have a record that gets them to the postseason because there's no reason for him to come back then. So why even talk about that until the Jets can get back on their winning ways? And what the Jets don't do is they don't take control of the game in terms of clock management, in in terms of coaching, in terms of play calling, in terms of just leadership on and off the field. They don't make the smart play at the right time. They don't make the big play at the right time. You look at a team like the Steelers. They never can blow anybody out. They get outgained every game. And they already have six wins this year. And they have a habit of winning close games. Why? Because they make the play, especially defensively, when the play has to be made. The Jets can't make the play that is needed, especially on offense. Hey, they dominated this game tonight in the first half. They should have had a sizable lead, and instead they didn't because they turned it into a field goal game. And then the interim coach said, you know what? My running game is going to take charge here. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why the Raiders are now 2-0 under Pierce and heading in the right direction, and the Jets are just spinning their wheels and wondering what might have been. And you know what? Sooner or later, Sal is going to have to stop crowing about these little victories that he thinks his defense gets. You know, we made this group of quarterbacks look terrible. Even tonight, hey, if they go to Adams and they make, you know, they, they throw the wrong pass, we'll get it. You know what? Stop with all the stupid bravado and stop touting the horn of your defense and try figuring out how to coach your team. That's your job. You're not a defensive coordinator, and you're not there to promote the skills of your defense, okay? You're there to win games. 
Give your team what it needs to win the game. The right strategy, the proper play, the proper attitude, and keep them away from making the critical mistakes that they make time and time again. That's why I don't care if the players like him. I don't care if his defense is solid. He's not a winning coach until he puts these things in order, and he may never, and that's why his record is what it is. And it's a losing record, and all he does is talk up his defense and want to pound his chest about his defense. And you know what, Jet fans? You've been down that road before. And it didn't work that time, and it won't work this time until he smartens up. And if he doesn't smarten up, it's just going to be another name on the long list of past Jet coaches with bad records. And he'll be remembered for too many games like tonight. That's the bottom line. You know, a couple things about about week 10 before I uh, bid you do. Number one, huge win, enormous win for Cleveland. You know, it's been a long time for Cleveland. We know their defense is good. It's taken Watson a while to get back. But that victory, remember, they're down two touchdowns in Baltimore with nine minutes left. They come back and get a touchdown. Then they get a pick six. They miss the extra point, so they still have more work to do. And what do they do? They win the game. And that is an enormous win for them in a division that is as strong as a division can be. Seven and three, six and three, six and three, five and four. Cincinnati at five and four, last place in the division. When Cincinnati's your last place division team, you know how good your division is. Baltimore was heading in the right direction. A win today would have really, and a win Thursday night against Cincinnati, would have made a big difference. And instead, that becomes a very big game Thursday night, especially for Cincinnati, uh, the Ravens and, and the Bengals, because Cleveland is now in the mix. And as the weather gets worse on the lake in Cleveland, those home games in November, in December, and yes, in January, and they're going to be very hard to play against. going to be very hard to win. That was an enormous win. Give Minnesota a lot of credit. You know, I picked Minnesota as an under this year because I thought they'd return to the mean after going 11-0 and in one-score games last year. And I, I was patting myself on the back at 1-4. and four. Well, now I better uh, take that back because right now Minnesota's won five games in a row. Yeah, a lot of them close, but it doesn't matter. They're 6-4 and four right now. Give them credit. They lost Jefferson. He hasn't come back. He's still got the hamstring. They lose Cousins. They lost a lot of people on defense before the year started. And here they are at 6-4, and four, having won five straight games. Give them credit. That's an amazing turnaround for them. It really is a terrific, terrific turnaround for them. How many, how many close games is Atlanta going to lose? I mean, they are 4-6, and six, and they have lost... I think five of the games in the final seconds. 
They've had leads in all those games. It's amazing. It's amazing how many tight games they've lost this year. It really is. Utterly amazing. You know that? I mean, really unbelievable how many just games that it looked like they had, you know, put away that they can't win, that they continue to lose at four and six. You know, before the season started, when I did the over-unders with Doug, I picked uh, Houston. Uh, and I thought they'd have an improved year. But I even have to admit, I didn't think they'd be this good. I, I like D'Amico Ryans a lot. Uh, I did not know Stroud was going to play like this. But they're 5-4 and four now. And they are a good, they're a pretty good football team. And they're a very dangerous team to play the rest of the way. That's all there is to it. Coming off a big win today against against Cincinnati, a very very uh, big win, and you know you turn around and Minnesota's right there, thinking playoffs in the in the NFC. You got Detroit, which continues to find a way to win today in a shootout, and the Chargers continue to lose, continue to lose tough games. The Chargers have too much talent to continue to lose games the way they do. They just have way, way too much talent for that to happen. They really do. And now Vegas is back. The Raiders are back to 500. But the Chargers, really tough, tough losses. So many, so many this year. And I don't know what's going to happen with the Pats. You know, they were about to win that game today when Jones made just an inc- I mean, if you haven't seen the pass that he threw... He had an absolute touchdown to win the game, and he underthrew the ball about 15 yards. I mean, it was almost like like there was a block that just stopped him from making the throw he had to make, and he gets picked off, and Belichick benched him right there. Uh, that is a very interesting situation. I don't know what the future holds there. I could see Belichick leaving, and that might be the best thing for he and Kraft. He will emerge quickly, and I'll tell you, I know no one can see Belichick in California, but the place, Belichick obviously wants to set the record for wins. He's going to do that, and it's within his grasp. The place where he would immediately become a title contender the Chargers. He wouldn't have to worry about quarterback. He wouldn't have to worry about wide receiver. He could build the rest of the team, teach them how to win, put them in order, put their special teams in order, put their defense in order, and the next thing you know, they'll be clicking off 12 wins, 13 wins. It's a ready-made situation for him, and if he goes anywhere where he doesn't have a quarterback, he's absolutely nuts. There's been a lot of rumors about him in Washington uh, in the future, but you know what? Washington's played okay. And I know Hal makes too many mistakes, but you know what? He moves the ball. He moves the ball a lot. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.